Tonight's message is not a message for your mind. It is not a message for your heart. It is a message for your spirit. Because sometimes our mind limits what we can receive. Sometimes our heart can't quite receive. And that's why throughout scripture he encourages us to meet him spirit to spirit. Where he can give us the power to receive. As you know, he knows the end from the beginning. And that's important to remember tonight. He's led to do something that I don't think we've ever done in John 17. And that is he's laid out all the messages all the way through June. And he's never done that. As you know, in scripture, we are called the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the temple, it goes back to the Old Testament temple. And while it looked like a temple on the inside, what made it, I mean on the outside, what made it a temple was what was on the inside of it. Walking through the temple was God's plan for spiritual formation or for discipleship. It's laid out beautifully step by step. Tonight was his first cornerstone of how he wanted to introduce himself to his people and what he wanted to speak to their hearts. And that's the Ark of the Covenant. Let me fill you in a little bit in case you don't know the story. They had come out of the bondage of Egypt. Moses is on Mount Sinai meeting God face to face. God is pouring out his heart, saying, I want to love my people. I want to love them. And I want them to know how to live in this earth so they can thrive and they can survive. And most of all, I want them to know how to live in this earth in a way that when difficulty comes and stresses come and struggles come, they know who they are and they know who I am and they know, they know my heart. And so since he knows the end from the beginning, when he is describing the temple, he does the exact opposite of what we do in Western thought and even in Western discipleship. He starts in the deepest, holiest place, the Ark of the Covenant. He doesn't start at the altar of the Lamb. He starts with saying, let me tell you the end from the beginning. Let me tell you who you really are and how I really see you. Let me reveal my heart to you. Now, there are times in Scripture when the commands are clear and blatant, but there are times when the mysteries are hidden. They even ask Jesus that. Why do you talk in parables? People don't understand what you're talking about. And he said, because hidden in the parables are revelations. And there are many parables that Scripture never explained. And while theologians have this explanation and that, the truth of the parable is what Jesus whispers to you. Parables were meant to be individual. Read the parable and say, Jesus, what do you want to say to me? 
And the temple was like the most gigantic parable of all. It was tangible. It was touchy. You could feel it. It was physical. But it spoke more, more than could ever be said in human language. Some scholars say there are more scriptures about the temple and things that happened in the temple than there are about anything else in scripture except Christ the Messiah. Because the temple is you and me. So more than history or anything else, he was talking about his son and he was talking about us. So tonight, may the Holy Spirit give us the power to receive whatever love he has for you. I will tell you ahead of time, I will not feed your mind tonight. So I'm not going into historical detail, and this is this, and this is that. I will not feed your mind. I will offer nuggets of the Spirit, invite you on a journey, and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. From Exodus 25 to Exodus 30, if you want to read it, are the descriptions of the articles and the vessels inside the temple. This is the Ark of the Covenant. It was an ordinary wooden box. Doesn't look like it now in the picture, but it was an ordinary wooden box. And it had gold on the inside, gold on the outside. We'll explain those things in a little bit. It had a crown around it. The top was called the mercy seat. And the Ark of the Covenant had two rods going through it. And when God spoke, they would carry it. Most of the time, it sat in the temple, and above it was the glory of God. And people could feel the glory of God just walking by the temple. The presence was so strong. It was just sitting there. And then there were times when they would carry it. But there was an abiding presence. An abiding presence all the time. Now, when they stepped into the Jordan River, there was a manifest presence because the water divided. Then there was an abiding presence just abiding, just abiding with the children of Israel. And then the Philistines steal it. Actually, they win it in a battle. They put it in the temple of Dagon, which was one of their idols. I'm not beating your history with all the details. It is an idol. They just set it there. Ark of the Covenant's just sitting there. Next morning, they come in, and this giant concrete idol is face down. The priests run, set up their God. They leave. The next morning, they come in, and the idol is down. The head is broken off, and so are the hands. And they get scared, and they send it back to Israel. Now, God has different seasons. You see, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they were led 
by the cloud by day and the fire by night. But God is not stagnant. That's why we have to be careful not to be stagnant. When they got to the promised land, he said, nope, now you're going to be led by the ark. Wherever the ark goes, that's where you go. And then, as you know, later on, he said, now be led by the spirit within. God is always transitioning. So that's why we can't say this means that, this means that. No, he is God, and he is the creator, and he's ever creating. So to the children of Israel, the ark was the presence of God, the heart of God, or the throne of God. They just felt he's in our midst, and they had great confidence at times. And then when they started taking it for granted, like, well, it's just the ark. It's just sitting over there, not doing that much. Oh, just let the ark go into battle. It'll win it. Literally, they, they started taking faith for granted and presence for granted. Um, it did not turn out well for them. Because our power is in connection. Right? Yeah. All right. So... Ark of the Covenant, in this season, the presence of God, the glory of God. But then, Jesus came, the Messiah. And now, all of a sudden, the image on the Ark is a little more powerful. Because he came like an ordinary wooden box. A wooden box always represented, wood always represents humanity. We're of the earth. We can decay. He was lined with gold on the inside because he was the father's. And the father spoke DNA over him before he ever left heaven. And then as he was in this earth, he slowly had the gold come on the outside. Because you see, the gold was hammered gold, which means it went through fire and trials. And so he comes, and he's a human, but he has this gold on the inside. I know I'm here for my father's business. And then he begins, as Hebrews says, he learned obedience through suffering and difficulty and and became gold you know your faith becomes gold in the fire so now he is this box and he like the ark of the covenant had two poles if you will he said I will not move on my own I will trust and obey I will move only when the father moves me And in the Ark of the Covenant for Israel were the tablets of the law, the almond branch, and the jar of manna. For them, it represented that the word was when God came down on Mount Sinai and spoke to them, gave them the word. For them, the almond branch was supernatural, and it's still one of the few few <laughs> trees in the world where it gets its buds and then it gets leaves. 
but it was intended to say leadership is not based upon maturity. You cannot predict who a leader will be. Because Aaron did not look like a great candidate for a leader because he built the golden calf, and yet God said, I see something in you, Aaron. And when everyone else challenged, he said, put the almond branch down. Cut it off. If it buds from dead branch, he's your leader. And it did. And that almond branch in there symbolizes that leadership in the kingdom doesn't look like leadership in the world. It's not based on maturity, years of experience, how charismatic you are, how much you got it together. It's like, do you have a heart for God? Are you teachable? Then authority can rest in you. And it had a jar of manna, and the manna was when they said, we don't have any food, and he brought it down, and he fed them every morning. And Jesus is the Ark of the Covenant. He said, I have the word, I'm the word made flesh. I have the authority because I just do what the Father tells me to do. And in John 6, he says, you know how the manna came down from heaven and fed them? I came down to heaven to feed you. To feed you in your wounded souls and spirits and in your life. And so Jesus is the Ark of the Covenant. It's prophetic of him. It's a picture. He walked this earth, wooden box, humanity, gold from what Father spoke of him, gold on the outside growing as he suffered and learned, as he let the word grow within him, the authority, the bread of his presence to everyone. And he never moved on his own. He waited for the voice. But then there was another season that came. And in Hebrews 9 and 10, we find that after the resurrection, Jesus ascends to heaven. And he puts his blood over the Ark of the Covenant. You see, Hebrews explains to us that the temple in the earth that Moses saw was a copy of the temple in heaven. In a realm that we don't understand, there's a temple in heaven. Moses was allowed to see it. Father described it to him. And so Hebrews says that Jesus went into the temple, which was not the copy of heavenly things, but now is putting the blood over the mercy seat. So now the Ark of the Covenant is not him. We've had a transition. Because you see, that lid is called the mercy seat. He was pure. He didn't need to put his blood on himself, did he? So here, the Ark of the Covenant is God's throne, God's heart, God's abiding presence, and sometimes manifested presence with Israel. 
but it was prophetic of what was to come. Now the Ark of the Covenant represents Jesus, who was like a wooden box, came in a body that was human and corruptible and gold on the inside of what Father called him, gold on the outside on how he did his life, had the word in him, the authority growing in him. And he was the bread. And he said, I don't know anything. I just say what the Father tells me to say and go where he wants me to go. And, and the glory was upon him. He was the abiding presence of God like the ark was to Israel. And at times when he healed, when he delivered, he was the manifest presence like on the ark when Dagon fell over. The top part of the mercy seat, the edge is called the crown. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he was crowned. The resurrected Christ, the King of Kings. And now it's the next transition. In this season of the church, you are the Ark of the Covenant. You, you and me, we're the wooden box that looks real ordinary, <laughs> can decay, get beat up. We're the wooden box, but we have gold on the inside of us of where Scripture says before we were in our mother's womb, he knew us and he spoke a blessing and a destiny over us of his love for us. And it was pure gold of how the Father sees you and loves you and adores you and sees the beauty that you have the ability to love like nobody else on this planet loves. And you got gold on the inside, but we're still this kind of wooden box on the other side. And as we go through life, we get beat up, we go through difficulties, we lean in on our faith, our faith goes up, our faith falls apart, our faith gets stronger. Whatever the journey's been, your faith is slowly becoming pure gold on the outside. And now you're sandwiched between the Father who says, I love you and I will never leave you, and I see the beauty in you. And that wooden part of us, that natural side of us that can rise and fall with doubts and whatever. And then we've got this gold that we don't even realize is being sealed on the outside every time we persevere another day. Every time we still have faith. Every time we get stronger. Every time we don't give up. There's another layer of gold. 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 And in that process... In our gut somewhere, the word of God, Jesus Christ, right? Christ within us, the hope of glory. Christ is in us. The word gets in us. Who Jesus is, what the word says. It's, it's beginning to grow in us, and now we're carriers of that word, and it slowly becomes incarnate, and it's bigger in us than what all the world has to say. We live more by this word than we do whatever is out there. We love it. We pray for it, but it has nothing to do with us. We live by the word inside and the promises of it, and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. 
and every one of us has an almond branch inside of us. Because contrary to popular belief, every man, woman, child who believes is a leader. It's a leader. We all lead in different ways. It's not like the world says, oh, I'm a pastor. Oh, I'm an apostle. Oh, I'm a teacher. Oh, I'm this. That's all good, but that's not what the Ark of the Covenant is about. For us, we are now Christ within us, and, and he's going, you lead as a grandmama. You lead as a friend. You lead when you pray. You lead on your job. You lead. We all have an almond branch in us that is custom designed for whatever you're doing in your life right now. And he says, I have an authority for you where you are right now to lead and feel like you know what the next step is. And I have an authority in you right now where I can show you how to love yourself and love those around you. And he said, oh, and you've got that manna inside you. I'm your bread. I'm your sustenance. I will give you nurturance. I will give you strength. I will feed you. I will nurture you. I will never leave you hungry. I will be that bread of your presence. He says, you are my Ark of the Covenant. And just as with Israel, the angels of the Lord were there and helped them fight battles as their angels on top of the ark. With Jesus, there are times the angels strengthen him. And scripture says, there are angels with you to strengthen you, bring you the gifts of the Father. They say the Shekinah glory of God was on the ark. Well, the glory was on Jesus and Christ in you is the hope that glory rises within us. In this transitional season, you are the carrier of the glory in the earth. You carry his presence. And he's saying, as the high priest, I know life on earth is difficult. I am the high priest that is familiar with weaknesses and struggles and temptations. So I want to put my word inside of you that I love you and I will never leave you. And all my promises and my covenant and the blessing of the Lord. And I know wherever you are in life right now, you have to be a leader. At least in your own life and in your family. Or if you're single, in your own decisions. If you're a grandmother with the kids. If you're a teacher with your, stu- your students. You're a leader. Every one of us needs that almond branch. And I love that the almond branch represented that it's just supernatural. The blossom comes before the leaf. It has no, it has no meaning. In terms of how long have you known Jesus? How mature are you? What do people think about you? No, Jesus says, no, I can give you authority for your life and whatever you are in the midst of right now. 
I will do that for you, and I will cause it to bud within you. And he said, and I'll be that bread inside of you. So if you could have opened up the Ark of the Covenant for Israel, inside you would have seen the tablets and the almond branch and the manna. And if you could have opened up the ark of Jesus Christ, he was the word, he was the authority, he was the bread. And if you could open up yourself, you have the word himself, Jesus, in you. And you have authority. And he will feed you. And you, the top of the ark is the crown. And he crowns you with his loving kindness. Just loving kindness, loving kindness, loving kindness. Sometimes just sit and get quiet and just feel almost a weight on your head of a crown and know the only thing in his heart for you is loving kindness, loving kindness, loving kindness. And just as the top of that mercy seat was covered with blood, you are covered with his blood. So the Ark of the Covenant for Israel, it was the presence it was the throne of God, abiding presence, manifested presence. And then the seasons changed, and Jesus was fulfilling the prophetic of the Ark of the Covenant, and he was that in the earth. He was the abiding presence, the manifest presence. And then he goes to heaven, puts the blood over the Ark so that now you and I can be the Ark of the Covenant, the carrier of his presence, the carrier of him in the earth. And it's his honor. Because this was the most holy thing in all of Scripture aside from Christ himself. But there is one more season. One more season. And I want to read it to you. Revelations 11, verse 15. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces, and they worshiped God, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and was, for you have taken your great power and you have begun to reign. The nations raged, your wrath came, the time for the dead to be judged, and for it's time now for the rewarding of the servants, the prophets, and the saints, and those who fear your name, both small and great. And it's time to destroy the destroyers of the earth. It's the seventh. This is right before. Right before. It's the seventh. Then God's temple in heaven was opened. 
and the Ark of the Covenant was seen within his temple. And there were flashes of lightning and peals of thunder and earthquake and heavy hail. So the veil is pulled back. We always knew this temple in the earth was a copy of heaven's. But now we realize, we see deeper into the throne room and we realize all this time the fathers kept the Ark of the Covenant right before his face. Because of his love for Israel and his son. And when he looks at that Ark of the Covenant, it's you. It's you. And he never loses heart that the DNA he put in you is going to come to fruition. It's before the Father. And he doesn't let anybody know it's before him until it's time to reveal his bride. And then we go to the next. And the Ark of the Covenant represents all of us in oneness. before the marriage feast of the Lamb. So even now, the Ark of the Covenant is before the Father's face. And he is just thinking of you. The Ark of the Covenant is before his face. And to him, it's, it's Israel, it's you, it's the bride. It's, and over here, Hebrews 7, 25, Jesus is sitting beside him, and we are told even now Jesus is praying that each one of us will receive the fullness of salvation, that we will receive the fullness of being this vessel of glory. I have no doubts he's especially zeroing in and praying for us about that outer layer of gold that gets stronger and stronger as we go through life and, and we go through trials and we go through difficulties. And even if we wander away from him or our faith is like a roller coaster, we're still calling his name. And even if you stop calling his name, he's going to run back anyway because he didn't go anywhere. He says, yes, I'm just praying for you. I'm praying that you'll get the fullness of salvation, that me as the word will grow so big inside of you that it will comfort you, that you will see I have given you authority to do your life, and I will feed you, and I crown you with my loving kindness, and you are always under my blood. And you always have the angelic host with you. So we live like the ark in Israel. We live like Jesus. The ark never moved on its own. Had a pole of trust and obedience and just waited. 
And like Jesus said, no, I don't move unless God tells me. We're learning to just rest and not move until he moves. And as long as that connection is there, we can rest. And if we lose our connection with him, which we do because we're human, it's okay. Just go back and sit still and go, I'm under the blood. Crown me with your loving kindness. Crown me with your loving kindness. And you just begin speaking truth to yourself. The word is in me. I have authority for my life. He will feed me. Because he loves you. And even now, I am before his face of the Father. And his heart is pounding with love toward me. And the Son is sitting there praying for me. Because he loves. So in this season... In the ages of the kingdom, you are the Ark of the Covenant, beloved ones, the bearers of his love and his glory. That's a high honor. And no matter where you are, if you're in the best or the worst season of your life, the Father still has his eyes locked in on you with a pounding heart of love and Belief that that DNA will arise and Jesus is interceding for you and the Spirit's inside. And, and we just say, Holy Spirit, would you give me the power to receive this truth and live from the strength and the love and the awe and wonder of it? Oh, Holy Spirit, would you give me the power to receive this love? 